Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Milwaukee, start your engines. It's time to talk about all things racing. NASCAR, IndyCar, sports cars, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show, presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Now, here's your host, Steve Saki. And welcome to the Final Inspection Show. Brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. And uh, thanks for listening on this Memorial Day weekend. And uh, it, it certainly seems different. Joining me, of course, is Jeff Orlowski, the Polish pipe bomb. Hey, Steve. Yeah, it uh, it is different. No Indy 500 this weekend. Uh, you know, at least we got the Coca- or the World 600. That uh, uh, Is it? What? Is it not the Coca-Cola 600? They you know, they always change it for a while. It was the Coke Zero Sugar, uh, I think, 600. See, that's why I call it the World 600. So, you know, it's had a lot of stupid names. But, uh, you know, the endurance races here. And, um, you know, obviously before we get started, a big tip of the cap. And, uh, you know, just all the uh, kudos in the world to all the people that made the ultimate sacrifice for the freedoms that we uh, we have in this country. So, Thank you to all the past soldiers. And let's remember it's Memorial Day. Yes, it's uh, for those that have passed. Yes. Not current veterans. And now we appreciate the current veterans and everything else, but sometimes there's been some confusion as of late, and Memorial Day is is for those who have passed in the line of duty. Yeah, those who made the ultimate sacrifice and... uh, it starts early. The uh, misinformation starts early because uh, my kid's school has no idea what Memorial Day means, and uh, that's that's very disheartening. Thankfully, in my family, I only have one, and that was a, a an uncle through marriage that that died in the Pacific in World War Two. Okay, infantry, U.S. Army Infantry, James Reuter. His brother, his he has one remaining brother still alive in Mequon. 
and did not know a lot about him, obviously. Um, uh, but I was able to spend some time with him about a year and a half ago or so. And, uh, he has, it's pretty impressive. I, I, I learned a lot, uh, from that side of the family. Uh, the, the father was a World War One veteran in France and unfortunately got gassed and died in 1931 in his barely 40 years old because of that uh, and that was a, a horrible thing uh back then for world war one veterans a lot of veterans died in the 20s and 30s uh from the effects of mustard gas yeah and a horror horrible thing and then the oldest was was james and then when world war ii started he he joined and was sent over to the pacific theater and unfortunately uh, uh passed uh on uh guadalcanal i believe yeah, and uh, uh, his brother did join, and I believe served some time in Korea, in the Marines. So they were all Marines, though. Wow, they're tough, tough guys. Tough guys. So uh, on that, let's talk about some racing, and uh, and this this in it in itself is a little strange because uh, it's kind of like okay, the season's going again, but it's it's a little different, isn't it? Cars we're talking about NASCAR and Darlington, uh, you. I guess were were two two cup cup races. One was good. I guess the first one was a little meh, but we we kind of got to give them a, a little bit of a mulligan because you're basically throwing forty guys out there in cars that haven't been tested, qualified, practiced. Right. Hey, go race. Right. And uh, of course, Richard or Ricky Stenhouse said, "Ah, no, I got this." Yeah, yeah. Hold my beer. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the first race wasn't uh, the most exciting. Kevin Harvick pretty much dominated that thing on his way to his first victory of the season. The Wednesday night, though, uh, what a phenomenal race that was. That was exciting from start to finish. Uh, I don't know if it was because of the shortened distance that we it seemed like there was action all over the track, nonstop. I loved it. My only complaint, Steve, don't call it 500. I don't know the what the hell K? a kilometer is. Yeah, I don't want to know what the hell a kilometer is. Don't call it a 500. Call it, you know, put whatever stupid name you want on it. But we don't do kilometers in this fantastic Thanks country. Thanks to the SCCA and CART back in the day, I know what fi- uh, I know what kilometers are. I know that 62 kilometers equals... Or, yeah, 100 laps on the Milwaukee Mile because that's what the Super V's ran back in the day. Okay. And uh, 317 for kilometers. But that's, you know what? That's nice for TV. It makes it a better package for TV. And I was listening to another station, and they had no idea why it was 500 kilometers too, but you got to fit into that TV package. You can't have four and a half hour races on a weekday. So, bravo. We've been a proponents for this uh, for a while of week weeknight racing uh, for NASCAR, and this is a perfect vehicle for that. And the 500 kilometers is a perfect package uh, of length, I think, for for a race. Yeah, and it sounds like everybody uh, and a lot of people have mentioned it, from Dale Jr. to you name them. It it a lot of it is going to depend on the TV numbers, and if the TV numbers come back huge for Wednesday night, to. and I do too. 
even though it was hidden on FS1 and not on regular right. Fox, but still, you know, us race fans, we know how to find it. Um, I think if they come back huge, we're going to see a hell of a lot more of this going forward, not only in Corona year, but in the years to come. Well, right. We'll, we'll talk about that in, in, in the next segment here, because uh, there's been some talk about the, the NASCAR redoing the schedule. Kind of, we can't, they don't want to do the 36 weeks, uh, the double races at certain tracks, making a better, once again, television package, TV package. And uh, so let's take a quick break here. I want to talk talk more about that. And also about the race uh, uh, on, on Wednesday evening and also the uh, Xfinity race that occurred on Thursday. So a lot more coming up on the Final Inspection Show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Back to the final inspection show, Steve Zotke, along with the Polish Pipe Bomb, Jeff Orlowski. And uh, make sure to get up to Great Lakes Dragway this Memorial Day weekend. Fantastic weekend. All those things happening out there. Make sure you check out the latest on their Facebook page. And we are talking NASCAR Cup Series. And uh, we had a winner, of course, Kevin Harvick, winning race number five last week. Uh, over Alex Bowman, Kurt Busch, Chase Elliott, and Denny Hamlin. And this Wednesday, it was Denny Hamlin again. I want to walk through a few things during that race. One of the surprises was John Hunter Nemechek. Yeah, he was out early. And, well, he finished ninth, and I'm thinking, so everybody, we were at the Bart Winkler show, which we'll, uh, we'll play our, our little spot we did with the Bart Winkler show mornings on 105.7 FM, the fan. Uh, we'll replay that in the next hour. Uh, but he mentioned him, John Hunter, for, for somebody uh, for a daily for a daily pool, and how that works out. You get a couple superstars, a couple very good drivers, and then some scrubs to kind of fill out your roster. And John Hunter Nemechek, I'm sure, was a big play for for these daily fantasy games. And I'm thinking. He caught lightning in a bottle on Sunday, and sure enough, I mean, we're hardly, I forget how many laps was in, but he's into the wall, and it didn't work out well for John Hunter Nemechek, did it, Jeff? No, it sure didn't. He had one good race, and then uh, he kind of threw up all over his shoes in in Wednesday night's affair. Uh, You know, it was interesting because... When you look at Wednesday night, you know, Ryan Priest, uh, he had himself a nice race on, well, you know, it was an okay race. He finished 20th, and because of the way that they set the starting order, he was on the pole right. for Wednesday night's race. He finished last. He blew up. And then you had Ty Dillon, and, uh, you know, he finished 19th on Sunday, so he started second, and he finished 19th yet again on Wednesday. So he's consistent. And- I thought that the start of Wednesday night's race could have been a complete melee with Ryan Priest and Ty Dillon leading these guys down to the green flag. You know, I, I, we've seen, I've seen that through my many, many years of following racing, to be involved in racing. We get a couple of guys up front. Uh, I, that that's happened with a several Daytona 500s, and it doesn't see it. It it seems like those guys are a little extra careful. Yeah, because they don't want to be. See, we told you, you couldn't handle it, type thing. Right. So you want to be extra. You know, they want to make sure. You know, the all kind of the old adage: all, all your eyes are dotted and T's are crossed, that kind of thing. They want to make sure they do a good job. 
And, and so, I mean, when was I mean, when was the last time we, we've really seen it in a race? Well, and I'm sure that NASCAR said something to those guys as oh, well you because you know this is the first time that uh, you know well the second race that they've run without qualifying inverted the order based on the criteria that they had from where you finished on Sunday. So it was the first time that they were giving this a shot, and they didn't want to look like fools. And so I'm sure NASCAR had a word with them as well. And then, yeah, Ryan Blaney got into the wall. He was looking very good for a while there, too. And he just was not able to put it together, you know. I mean, I thought he was going to be contending for the win there, but unfortunately that did not work out for him. And uh, the 41 car, Cole Custer, he got into the wall. I think that's just, you know, young kid in, yeah. a, in, a, in a fast car. Good car. He's going to take some time uh, there. Uh, Clint Boyer, though, you know, you win, you win segment one and two. Things are looking good. And he and and he he admitted on the uh, Xfinity broadcast. He was the, the the color guy there, and you know he was saying that yeah, I just can't put together a good the a complete race at Darlington. He loves Darlington. He loves the challenge of it. He he likes racing there, but just does not work out for him. So it's not a you know, it's not a thing where one of these one of these drivers hates the track and is and and the results show that he likes it, but just just did not work out for him. But I tell you, it was really entertaining watching uh, Chase Elliott and Eric Jones go at it. That 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 pass that Eric Jones made, you kind of made you stand up on the edge of your chair and say, "Oh, okay, now I understand why he's in the twenty car." I think that there's a little bit of pressure on him, and it'll be interesting to see how this develops throughout the year. But Eric Jones uh, put on a show there for a while. Yeah, he sure did. He looked really well. He ends up finishing fifth on Wednesday night. Uh, yeah, you know, he showed that he belonged. And there is a mountain of pressure on Eric Jones. Sure. And there is on Clint Boyer as well. And, you know, he won, yeah. like you said, the first two stages. He can't put a race together, a complete race together, no matter what track it's on. And Clint has a lot of talent. And Clint is a good race car driver, uh, you know, former Xfinity champion, all that kind of stuff. Um, but he's underperformed in mm-hmm. the Cup Series, if you ask anybody. He's got five, ten wins. I mean, he doesn't have a... Like five, I would imagine. Yeah, it just has not been able to put together a lot of things. And, and then, of course, the Chase Elliott, Kyle Busch thing. What's your opinion on that? I loved it. I loved it. I can't tell who I hate more, Steve. Do I hate Chase Elliott more, or do I hate Chase Elliott fans more? Because Twitter was one big Kleenex box for all of no- number nine nation after uh, Chase got spun by by Kyle Bush. And, you know, Kyle, he, like he should have, stood up, took it like a man. Yeah. I made a mistake. I misjudged. Yeah. I'm sorry. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, he said, and, you know, all the right things after, you know, it, it is what it is. He got spun and, uh, you know, move on. Does it make it any a little sketchier that his teammate won? That they finished one two? No, Hamlin had such a strong car. Well, you Chase know. was the only guy that was going to get him, if anybody. Yeah, you know, yeah, Chase did have, you know, he, it was it a hell of a battle. Well, let's put it this way it would have been a good battle, but then it rained anyway, so I guess it doesn't matter, though, right? You know, it shouldn't. Obviously, it matters to Chase Elliott oh, because yeah. he was running second. And he finishes all the way down. You got to go way down to find Chase Elliott's name. He finished second to last. So, you know, it uh, a bad day for him. 
you know, which wasn't of his own doing. You know, Kyle Bush definitely helped him into the wall. But, uh, you know, it, it happens. He definitely had some ebbs and flows. Uh, one of them was uh, Matt Kenseth, who finished 10th on Sunday and didn't do as well on uh, on Wednesday night, did he? No, he didn't. You know, he definitely struggled and all that, and they mentioned that in the broadcast. And, you know, he finished 10th on uh, on Sunday. He finished 30th on uh, Wednesday. So he's got a, a 20th place average. Which, if uh, you listen back to uh, to the shows a couple weeks ago, we both said, you know, if he finishes uh, top twenty in points, that uh, that'll be successful for him, and he's right on target. You only had really, I mean, not counting Chase Elliott, who got taken out right at the end, but you only had one DNF. I know there wasn't a lot of uh, a lot of wreckage. It wasn't a demolition derby, which is good. You know, which you know, at night the speeds are up. Uh, you know, the handling, uh, the team's got a hold of the handling. Kevin Harvick. You know, he he brought home the win on Sunday, finishes third on Wednesday night. He complained all day long about his handling, and he had himself a pretty damn good race car finishing third place. But, uh, you know, yeah, the teams were locked in, and uh, it was just exciting racing all over the place on Wednesday night. It was phenomenal. If that's what weekday racing is going to be in NASCAR, sign me up because I love it. I think that not only did Denny Hamlin win Wednesday night's race, which you will hear me uh, predict uh, in the next hour on the Bart Winkler show, he won it with the mask game as well. Because, you know, some people were creeped out about Denny's mask when he got out of the car, which was his face. I liked it. I thought it was Yeah, it was, was, you know, yeah. It was all right, Uh, you know. Kyle Bush's license plates, right? I think. Yeah, yeah, and one of the license plates was "Forgive Me." Ah, I like that. Okay, so you know, people were pointing that out on Twitter. Uh, Wednesday's results, of course: Hamlin, Kyle Busch, Kevin Harvick. So a first and a third—that's pretty good. Brad Keselowski, who just is just, just almost there. You know, just it was yet another race that Paul Wolf put him in position to win with the car that wasn't the best race car. You know, Paul Wolf steals one to two races every single season. Mm-hmm. He is a phenomenal crew chief when it comes to going the different way on strategy and all that, and he almost stole another one. Uh, Logano, uh, uh, Amarola, Jimmy Johnson, and a Matt DiBenedetto sighting. He gets a top ten. Martin Truex and Christopher Bell. I think that might be his best uh, finish of the year. Christopher Bell, very frustrating in that 95 car. We thought... I don't know what the situation there is. Maybe Gibbs is not given a, a lot of uh, uh, support, or is it because Christopher Bell is just taking a little longer to transition over to the Cup Series? Kind of interested to know this, the the background there. But, uh, yeah, Christopher Bell with the 11th, I, I think his best showing of the year so far. Yeah, it was. Matt Benedetto. a good two days for him. Yeah. Uh, same thing with, uh, with Jimmy Johnson. And... Uh, you know he he crashed as the leader in in Sunday's race, which uh, you know he looked absolutely foolish on, but uh, but he brings home a ninth place finish on Wednesday night, so he was able to bounce back and uh, you know at least show some promise that he there's a chance that mm-hmm. he can get back to victory lane this year. Let's take a quick break here. Steve Zaki along with the Polish pipe on Jeff Orlowski on the final inspection show. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk television ratings and the Xfinity race that was held on Thursday. And welcome. 
Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show. Steve Zotke along with my trusty sidekick. Are you a trusty sidekick? I don't know. You've called me that for years. <laughs> Jeff Orlowski, the Polish pipe bomb, of course. No, he's not my sidekick. I um, Ratings are strong for NASCAR. Yes, they are. We'll As be- predicted on the Final Inspection Show. But, I mean, that's a no-brainer. Yeah. They're the first... Really, the first sport back, unless you want to, unless you want to call them Korean baseball. I don't know. Korean baseball, they had what one or two UFC fights. Uh, besides that, yes, it's been NASCAR, and uh, that's it. So on uh, Sunday, they, uh, the the uh, the race was on network TV, Fox, and uh, network TV is still the king. Oh know? yeah. Uh, say say what you will, uh, especially with a lot more people cutting the cord. I think we're kind of in a weird period in when it comes to media and 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 audience and whatnot because there is so much happening and so much movement now. Uh, with you have your your direct TV, your cable TV people and whatnot, and then you have your your Netflix your Amazon Primes, your Apple TVs, and there's just so many options, and the consumer is being pulled in every which way. But if you have a little digital converter antenna thing, everybody can get over-the-air TV, which still has, you know, I, I always joke with my friends, you know, when was the last time you watched primetime network TV? You know, for for somebody like me, it's not a big draw. But for a sports guy, it is. I mean, sports is, is the main thing. Your local news, you want to check out the weather or whatever. There, there, there are certain things on there that you need to tune in occasionally. So that being said, 6.3 uh, million viewers on Sunday. That is a really big number. The most uh, for a non-Daytona 500 race since the... Uh, 2017, I think it was the early Atlanta race. Did I? Did I think know? so. Yeah. And and that was one of those situations where I think weather played a part too a little bit uh, earlier. You know, it's early in the year. It's not summer, but for for have those ratings on in a for May, that that's very very strong. So Wednesday Cup Series race switches over to FS1. Yeah, it sure did, and you know, if you remember, they had uh, they moved it up to try to avoid the rain. It ended up getting delayed and starting, you know, just a little bit later than the original start time was planned, so it wasn't too bad, and then you had rain at the end, so it was a rain-shortened race. So with uh, the moving of the start time being rain-shortened and all that, uh, and being hidden on FS1, you know, affected it, but... Uh, they had um, they had a 1.2 rating, where Sunday was was a 3.7, but over 2 million, 2.1 million viewers watched that race, which is absolutely huge for a Wednesday night on a sometimes hard to find cable network. Yeah, let's face it, FS1, I mean, you know, we talk about the four-letter network and joke about it and that, but it's still the king, you know, when, for for bringing in viewers. ...is that the Sunday race scored better than the Michael Jordan documentary. Yeah, huge numbers. Which I was very surprised. But showing how network TV is still the king over cable in certain situations. Because I would have, 
if you would have asked me, I would have thought, no, my, the Michael Jordan documentary will beat the NASCAR race. Because that's what everybody's been talking about. Yeah. Even my wife was watching it. It was a very compelling uh, documentary. I mean, not because it was more than a documentary, I think. Uh, it was you're, you're really getting to look into places where the normal person doesn't get to see. And I thought it was very compelling. Well, and you have a sports figure who's been, you know, private his entire life. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't grant a whole lot of access to anyone. So it was, you know, a first real, you know, and obviously uh, Jordan had a hand in the production and everything. So, you know, it was obviously, you know, not a uh, unbiased look. But uh, it was one of the first real looks behind the scenes that you had of MJ. And, uh, you know, it was phenomenally done. I loved it. And my wife asked me about it, too. And, um, you know, she can give two craps about sports. So it definitely was a crossover hit. But, yeah, NASCAR took that down on Sunday. And, of course, on uh, Thursday... We had the Tuesday race that got rained out to Thursday. That was going to start at our time, which got delayed until about 4 o'clock our time on Thursday afternoon. Yeah, you know, Mother Nature still <laughs> hates NASCAR. and uh... you, know, you know what the best was? Indianapolis, about 10 years ago, it rained a few days before the Indianapolis 500 Memorial Day weekend. And they went through the whole month of June with nothing. I went down there again in the second or third week in July, Brickyard Weekend. That's when they were doing an IMSA. They were doing a doubleheader IMSA weekend with with the Brickyard 400 weekend. (laughs) So it hadn't rained since like May 23rd or whatever it was. We go down there on a Friday. And they got the GT cars running on on the road course, and guess what it did? It rained. <laughs> yeah, I mean it rained, and uh, it was like, oh, thank you NASCAR for ending the drought in Indianapolis. <laughs> so I understand what you're saying about that. It's, it's amazing how the rain loves to follow NASCAR. Yeah, it sure does. You know, it uh, it definitely makes it interesting. But you know, the rain, you know. It it knocked out opening day at Slinger last weekend mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff too. So, you know, but it just seems like lately NASCAR has been just brutalized by uh, by rain. And uh, but you know that was one hell of a race. Well, speaking of uh, Indiana, yeah, Chase Briscoe is an Indiana driver from the dirt tracks, raced some USAC, and uh, is coming up through the uh, NASCAR ranks. And I think he came of age on Thursday because he's in a good car. That 98 is a good car. He's got support from Ford. And I, I think it might be a situation where the the casual NASCAR fan kind of stood up and said, hey, that kid can drive. Uh, had a spirited duel with Justin Algar uh, late in the race and was able to uh, take care of that. Uh, took care of Justin uh, Algar. And then here comes Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch started, I think, in the back, uh, made it to the front, one segment, two, and then I believe there was a pit stop penalty, was pushed to the back again. It wasn't, you know, we've seen, you know, Kyle Busch in a truck or Xfinity race, you get a little nervous, don't you, Jeff? Well, yeah, you know, it it takes all the fun out of the race because you know that Kyle's going to win. Well, and you're thinking like, oh, boy, 
he's going to cut like butter, you know, hot butter through knife in this final segment with him, you know, starting in the back and he's got, you know, he's mad because he got a penalty. Well, he made it. He was very methodical, but you're like, hmm. Well, then you're like, he was running third, fourth, and he wasn't really moving up that final segment. Then he got past some guys, and then he started to make up a lot of time on Briscoe. You're thinking, oh, boy, here we go. And on the second from last lap, or, yeah, he, they're they're together, and then they're side-by-side side for the white flag, and Bush puts him in a position to pass him, and he was making time kind of dropping down a little bit lower through the turns where a lot of guys were running high, and he found a little, was able to kind of get some momentum down there. He was trying some different lines. I think probably had some handling issues, and he was more comfortable down there. Well, Briscoe, so they, he, he comes to turn between one and two. Briscoe's right high, riding uh, high and handsome. It passes him on the uh, outside of turn two and completes the pass going down the back stretch. I'm thinking... Holy cow, that was impressive. Yeah. Unfortunately, with the Xfinity Series, with a pass like that, it usually ends up with uh, in a wreck. And I was joking to my wife. I said, you know, with Kyle, if I'm if I'm Chase Briscoe, I got Kyle Busch coming up. It's either checkers or wreckers. I'm not going to let Kyle Busch beat me at Darlington. Yeah, you know, that was a, uh, a balls of steel move uh, by Briscoe. You know, he really, like you said, and I agree, he put his, you know, he he made a stamp. You know, he, yeah. he sat there and and stamped his name. You know, yes, look at me. I should be taken seriously. I have a lot of talent, and uh, you know that was one hell of a move. That was an exciting finish, and you know, again, you'll hear it in the next hour when we were on uh, the Bart Winkler show uh, a couple days ago, six to ten Monday through Friday here on the Fan. Uh, you know, I said that the Xfinity series is largely unwatchable. And, um, you know, usually when Kyle Bush is in an Xfinity race or a truck race, he probably should start the race four laps down. He would still win, but at least it would be a little bit more exciting, and it would take probably 70% of the race usually for him to get back up to the front. But, uh, you know, so usually him having a uh, pit road penalty or or anything getting sent to the back doesn't doesn't affect him. But uh, one hell of a finish. And like you said, it was great to see him do it cleanly and not end up with just caution after caution after caution where the last 10 laps of the race takes two hours. Yeah, you had Noah Gregson who won segment one and then Kyle Boyce segment two. And, you know, Chase Briscoe, I mean, they worked on that car. He was running eighth at the end of segment one and then fourth at the end of segment two and kept working on his car and getting better and better. Uh, Noah Gregson, you know, it went the opposite direction. One segment two, finished third and segment, or finished third and segment two and ended up finishing fifth. Uh, struggled a bit. Austin Sindrick, I thought, ran very well. And uh, Harrison Burton got some laps in. Not one of his best races, but he ran the whole race, and I think that was very important for him. Uh, Brett Moffitt, you know, we went off the air with everything that happened in March. Uh, we actually went off the air for a couple of weeks uh, due to quarantine issues and whatnot, and then we, you know, we were kind of racing ended. They put kind of put the kibosh and everything, and I kind of. With sports in general, all oh, sports is gone. I'm like, I'm not paying attention. 
Right. And I, I was the exact same way. And then they're, they're talking, oh, yeah, Brett Moffat, who's uh, recovering from two broken legs. What? And, yeah, he, he had broken, he fractured both of his femurs in a motocross accident uh, on March 16th, I think it was. Uh, right, and that's right in the uh, right in the wheelhouse when all this stuff was happening, and uh, so he had to get surgery on him. Uh, for, and the, the recovery time was six to eight weeks. So I'm curious if he kind of went oh, must have went over the handlebars and maybe got caught or something. It's very the femur is your is in your upper leg, and it's one of the strongest bones in the body. I think it is the strongest it's bone. Very in the body. very hard, and it's so I don't think it. He had surgery, so maybe they put rods in. If it usually, uh, if it a femur surgery, if it's complicated, you can't put any weight on that for a long time. Well, you're in a wheelchair. Yeah, I don't know much about doctoring, except I have to go and see him too often. But uh, that's how tough he is. Yeah, and he came back. He finished eleventh in the, uh, the in the Xfinity race. So. Tip a hat. We always like Brett Moffat. He's a good, good driver, uh, talented driver, good personality. Very easy to root for. Yeah, and uh, so that was pretty, pretty. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> he broke his leg. Yeah, I didn't hear about it either, and that you know definitely perked my ears up. And I, I learned about it the same time you did on the broadcast. And, yeah, uh, like, what? You <laughs> know, it, it shocked the hell out of me as well. I want to give a tip of the cap to uh, Justin Allgaier. You know, he does what Justin Allgaier does. And he's consistently consistent. And a third-place finish, uh, you mentioned the battle that he had with Chase Briscoe, which was phenomenal. You know, he's not going to roll over for, for anybody. And, um, you know, he's been in the Xfinity Series or Bush Series for 150 years. And, uh, you know, I think he realizes he's stuck. And, you know, he's not going up and he doesn't want to go down. And, uh so, you know, good for him. He, you know, he's just, he's solid. And Austin Sindrick, like you said, proving yet again, you know, uh, the the next crop coming out of Xfinity with Chase Briscoe making his name, you know, uh, rise. And Austin Sindrick, Noah Gregson, Daniel Hemrick, you know, so. I like Anthony Alfredo. It's a fantastic name. Of course it but is. But he's, he's, he, he has shown some flashes. It'll be interesting to see how his uh, career progresses. I want to give a shout-out to Josh Williams in a 92 car. Uh, I love guys like this. Josh Williams is a full-time, I believe, fabricator for um, uh, Brain Fart now. I just had it. Oh, Mario Goslin. Mario Goslin team. Mario's from the Northeast. has been around uh, the Bush Series. And, and uh, for, for many, many, many years, ARCA, too. And uh, he works full-time there, builds a lot of the cars, a lot of chassis work and whatnot, and gets to drive, too, part-time. So uh, tip of the hat for him getting a top 16 uh, yeah. in that car. So I, I like guys. You know, another guy I like was, uh, remember, Kale Gale? Kale Gale oh, yeah. was one of those guys. Worked on the cars and then also... Uh, you know, was able to drive. His career didn't get as far as I th- obviously he w- would have wanted, but was able to get some seat time and got some impressive ARCA victories along the way. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, tip of the hat for me for uh, Jeffrey Earnhardt because uh, while uh, his finish w- wasn't uh, stellar, it was 23rd, he didn't crash. They were able to get the car back on the hauler. Can you believe that? When is the last time that Jeffrey Earnhardt was in any race anywhere 
and he didn't wreck. So, you know, I, I wouldn't sit there and trust him to to build a, or to, to run a Hot Wheels race against my son. You know, I think I would end up with broken windows and holes through walls. Uh, so the fact that he was able to sit there and, and bring the car home in one piece was uh, was absolutely shocking. <laughs> Jeffrey Earnhardt, yes. That he's, poor guy. Yeah, I know. You know, he's got the last name, and that is it. You know, he's he's bad, man. I kind of, I kind of feel. I don't know. Would you? Well, I, I guess the answer is no. You don't want. Is it? There does it come to a point where I don't want to call it a curse, but you know where you, there's so much because you got that name. We've seen this with some of the unzers that came in after Al Junior and that. You know, little Al or, or mini Al, Al the third. He kind of struggled with, and we've seen that with other generational drivers. That just, well, you know, Dale was never uh, Junior was never able to live up to Senior. But Dale was. I mean, he won. He did all. He right. had success, you know, but uh, but he was more name than substance. Uh, you know, Chase Elliott shows some good promise, uh, and if his career trajectory stays the way it is, you know, I don't think he'll. You know, he has a chance to, to maybe be as successful as his father, Awesome Bill. You know, people pick up, pick on Kyle Petty in that. Kyle Petty won races. He didn't win a lot of races, but he won, won races over a good 20, well, let's see, 81st win was, I think, 86. So last one was 90, well, 10 years or so. But he had a long career. Uh, he's a third-generation driver. They go, well, Richard right, Lee. Lee Petty, though. Lee yeah. Petty was a darn good driver, uh, but Richard, you know, was able to outperform form Lee. So you don't see that too often. No, you don't. And you know, Kyle Petty's just, you know, I think part of his problem is that he's just easy to make fun of. You know, he's got that high voice, and he's got that horrible hair, and uh, and so you know, he's definitely easy to make fun of. And I don't think that did him any favors. But obviously, there was no way in hell he was going to live up to Richard. No. So you know, when you're son of the king. Uh, you know, it's not how, uh, it's not how the succession works in, uh, actual royalty. There's no way in hell he was taking that crown. I'll take Kyle Petty over Michael Waltrip, though. I'd take Waltrip. No, I meant just for drinks. Oh, you, oh, okay, you mean, Point like, out. on the broadcasts and, st- and stuff? Yeah. Yeah, as far as, uh, if, if they went head-to-head driving, I would take Waltrip. Especially at Daytona. Well, of course. I tell you, though, uh, Kyle Petty probably almost could have won that 92 Daytona 500 or 91. And Bobby Hillen, I think, took him out. Oh, a lot like Clint Boyer. Almost. Almost. Should have, could have. You got it. All right, let's take a break here. When we come back, we'll have more on the Final Inspection Show coming after this. Brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Make sure you get out there this weekend. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zockey. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. On 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Steve Zockey, Jeff Orlowski. Caught up with Bart Winkler on the morning show on Wednesday to discuss... Uh, all the happenings in NASCAR and, and racing and other things that they're 
they've been up to during the coronavirus pandemic. A lot more to get to here on the Final Inspection Show in the next hour as well. Steve's going to catch up with Dave Coleman of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, the motorsports reporter over there. Three, cre- three questions with Larry coming up in the next hour as well. Uh, but first, again, Bart Winkler and uh, the boys in the morning show caught up with Steve and Jeff earlier this week. And uh, Bart started by asking Jeff about Denny Hamlin after winning the uh, in Darlington earlier this week. The face mask. Yeah, that was uh, that was quite the uh, presentation that they put on. Uh, they had the social distancing in the interviews after crashes and after uh, Kevin Harvick won the race on Sunday, where he was a good six to eight feet away from the guy who was doing the inter- you know, asking the questions, and he still had a mask on. It uh, it was a little ridiculous. They showed uh, like team engineers who were in a room by themselves, but still had masks on. So it was a little goofy. But uh, you know they're trying to put uh, a good image forward and being the first sport that is uh, making a comeback here in the U.S. I guess it's important for them to uh, you know display it the right way. So I guess they accomplished that. Pipe bomb! I love you. <laughs> Just- <laughs> I, hey. I'm, I, I'm ready to wear a mask until I die at the age of 84 or whenever. Well, you know, I don't care. I, I sat there. I had to go to the hospital yesterday. And, uh, you know, I, I go walking in. They take your temperature, ask you all the questions. If you left the state, if you went to China, uh, all this kind of stuff. And then, you know, they had this lady basically screaming at you. You have to wear the mask. And so, you know, I took one, I put it in my pocket, and it's still sitting there. So, <laughs> But, uh, you know, it, it, to each their own. You know, whatever your comfort level is, that's what it is. And, you know, I'm not going to knock uh, you for wanting to ma- wear a mask 24-7. <laughs> uh, you know, and it, you shouldn't knock me for, for not wanting to. It, uh, You know, it, it, it's to all what you're comfortable with. My wife and I made out last night. Both of us were wearing masks. It was pretty steamy. Oh, that's sexy, man. Especially uh, the birthday makeout. That had to be fantastic. And <laughs> happy birthday to you, Bart. Uh, you know, being 19 again, I'm sure feels well. Yeah, golden birthday yesterday. It feels pretty good. Uh, before yeah. we get Steve on, I've got a question for you. Because last night, so racing's back, and it's back with a vengeance. And there's a bunch of the as I still call it, the Winston Cup Series races are still in full swing. And there was one on Sunday that Harvick won that you talked about. There's going to be one on Wednesday, and which is today. And then there's going to be another one this weekend on Memorial Day. I believe that's the Coca-Cola on... 600, uh, yeah, Sunday from on Charlotte. Sunday. I'm confused about what the Xfinity Series is. Because uh, that was supposed to be last night. What is it like the minor leagues? Or is it like... A different kind of car because then one of the bush guys was he's in both of them can you explain that part to me yeah the xfinity series is the old bush series which is basically nascar triple a so it's it's minor you know it's one step below winston cup racing and the guys that you will see today uh, we talk about it very rarely on the final inspection show because it is not an entertaining series. Um, a lot of the times, especially in the last 15 laps of a race, uh, it's just a complete demolition derby 
you get a lot of uh, young drivers who are trying to make a name for themselves and, and up and you know grow their brand in the series and and get rides in the Cup Series, and they all drive like complete idiots the last you know twenty twenty five laps of the race because they're trying to gain every position they can, which is understandable, but you know is uh, is one spot in the standings worth you know, dropping 25 spots because you wrecked your car and you're out of the race. It's just, it's not a very entertaining product. Uh, Kyle Busch, he does enter a bunch of the, uh, of the AAA Xfinity series, you know, Busch series, whatever you want to call it. But uh, he enters uh, there. They put a cap on it. And so you can only enter like five or six of them per season. But every, every race he enters, he wins. So if you ever see him in there, don't even turn it on because you know what the result is going to be. Um, it's just it's not an entertaining product, and you know I'm just happy that Mother Nature chose to rain out that series instead of the good guys on Sunday or hopefully tonight. Hey Bart, I want to try a little on-air producing here. I believe that we have Steve, but uh, having some ghosts in the machine. Steve, you with us? I am with you. Oh, this is good news. All right, now oh, you got- good. You're driving me nuts because I'm like. I texted you and messaged you. Who, me? Yeah. Uh, you know what? Uh, we'll get into it after the show. I- I'm just, you know, doing what I do. <laughs> right. I'll let you guys Zaki, Steve Zaki, Jeff Orlowski, Ryan Horvat, Bart Winkler, final inspection, Saturday's noon to two, meets the morning show. Zaki, how are you doing? I, You know what? For both of you guys, I think that I'm watching NASCAR because it's something that's on. But I feel like there's always been a little piece of me, Zaki, that has wanted to be a NASCAR fan. I, it's not. This isn't the first time I've ever seen these cars or watched these guys. But then, like, I'm watching Sunday, and I feel there's two things that I don't understand with NASCAR. One, they're like, oh, well, someone's got to win this stage, and then Jimmy Johnson crashes because he's trying to win a stage. What the hell? Is, why are there stages? And then the other thing is, well, here's what they are in the playoffs. How do you have playoffs when everybody's still driving? Can you explain to me, the new biggest NASCAR fan on the station, Zaki, the stages and the playoffs? It's a little frustrating because I know Jeff and I are not fans of the stages. And I understand why. The the reason why they brought in stages is because there's a lot of people who thought that NASCAR racing, there was too uh, too many guys just kind of stroking along the first two-thirds of the race and only racing in the final third, kind of like an NBA game. Uh, but, um, oh, geez. What they, what that was an unnecessary <laughs> shot, but go on. I know. <laughs> but uh, um, it was what, what they tried to do is build in these stages and kind of build in rewards so there's, there's racing throughout the race. And th- there's a couple of different components involved here. But, I mean, for me, I think some of the races are too long. Case in point, uh, the race tonight is going to be 500 kilometers, which is going to be a little bit shorter. And they actually moved up the start time to five o'clock our time because uh, it might rain. So hopefully it'll be able to hold off the rain for that. Uh, but yeah, that that was the reason for the for the stage racing is to make sure that there's racing throughout. And I, I unfortunately, what I don't like about it is that there's, uh, and I think Jeff will concur on this. There, there's too much downtime. And I, I had a couple buddies over on, on Sunday. They were watching the race, and we're like, you know, yellow flag, yellow flag, you know, yellow, caution, caution. There should be more, a little more action on the track. And and I think it, 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 it 
it's a little frustrating from uh, from somebody, an old school guy like me, who wants to see more, you know, more action on the track than cars driving around under caution. Yeah, that was uh, Jeff Orlowski, the Polish Pipe Bomb, and me and the Bart Winkler show earlier this week. And uh, certainly looking forward to uh, racing this weekend at Charlotte. And, of course, uh, the Wednesday and the Thursday race, too, at Darlington was certainly entertaining. Uh, I hope you're enjoying a, a different final inspection show because usually uh, uh, the past few years this has been our Indy 500 special. Of course, that has been postponed to August 23rd. Looking forward to that. I know there's a lot of friends of mine that are down in Indianapolis, and they're kind of like, uh, you know, hanging their heads like, oh, it's, we should be racing, especially with the weather it's supposed to be so nice this weekend. But they will be racing. It just will be in a few months. Speaking of racing, Road America, uh, we're going to be talking with uh, Dave Coleman coming up next of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. And uh, we were supposed to have an IndyCar race in a few weeks at Road America. That's been postponed. But we get to double our pleasure as two races in uh, July at Road America. So let's we'll, we'll talk to Dave Coleman coming up next after the top of the hour. You're listening to the Final Inspection Show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. And always make sure to get out the, when you can to get out the Great Lakes. There's racing all weekend there this weekend, so looking forward to that. And when we're when we come back, it'll be Dave Coleman of Milwaukee Journal Sentinel coming up next on the Final Inspection Show. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 